The key to success on the field and in your backyard is a comprehensive game plan. So if you're building a fence or a deck this year, trust a Turkstra coach to design, quote, or order the right materials for your project. Visit a Turkstra Lumber near you to learn more. From the Ticats Audio Network, this is the Coach O Show with Luke Tasker. Welcome back to the Coach O Show with Luke Tasker. The Ticats coming off a big win in Ottawa last week after a very short week. Uh, now getting ready on Saturday the 16th, 4 p.m. kickoff at Tim Hortons Field against the Ottawa, excuse me, against the Winnipeg uh, Blue Bombers. Fans, as always, send your questions for Coach O to gameday at ticats.ca. We have one later on in this episode to ask Coach, and we pick one every week to uh, to ask Coach and get a little insight uh, from whatever you're thinking. We uh, that There's quite a variety of content with the fan questions, and uh, that's fine. That's fun. So send those in to gameday at ticats.ca. Uh, coach, the last three weeks, a win, big win out west in BC, heartbreaking mm. loss, Labor Day Classic, another just big dramatic win in Ottawa. How does the team sort of morale look after sort of a roller coaster of of the last three weeks? Well, we'll find out. You know, it's uh, some well deserved rest has been given. You know, we'll start day one here today. Um, you know, lots of emotions, lots of physical toll that uh, was doled out on the bodies and, you know, just super proud of them. So, yeah, I would I would suspect the morale is going to be high and, you know, I want everybody to enjoy it. It was an organizational win top to bottom um, and, you know, couldn't be more proud of just the perseverance the overcoming of adversity. So I would expect the morale to be high, but we'll see when we go back to work today. Yeah, uh, it was an unbelievable uh, win in Ottawa. Very, very fun to call the game. Um, two different halves. It was 6-3 to three at halftime, and then it was a shootout in the second half, uh, of all things. And, uh, you know, there were, it was it had a little bit of a feeling of a playoff game. I mean, there were moments, plays that stand out to me that were, you know, mm-hmm. playoff effort, playoff, uh, you know, physical sack. I mean, Richard Leonard flying in like a cannonball and effectively just sacrificing himself to try to prevent a touchdown on the goal line. Uh, w- was that part of the message going into that game? Was Were you, in a sense, treating that game against an East opponent who you're fighting for a spot against? Was it like a playoff game for you guys? It felt like that, Luke. It really did. And there wasn't enough. There wasn't. There were certain things we just weren't going to be able to control. There's no way we were going to be fresher than Ottawa. Mm-hmm. There wasn't any way that we could be as prepared as Ottawa, except in our minds. And, you know, like I said, our hearts couldn't be fatigued. Those, those are things that we can show. Those are choices that we can make. Um, there wasn't a, a body out there playing that wasn't sore, that was fully recovered. So what we did control is our mindset and our want to and how we responded to adversity. And obviously the game boils down to execution. You can't just have a great mindset. You got to go out there and perform. And, you know, it was kind of the tale of two halves, depending on how you look at it. A great defensive battle in the beginning and a great offensive battle you know, there, and I thought special teams played a crucial role. Thought we missed that opportunity right before the half on the missed field goal. You know, we, that would have been huge to find a way to get in. But hey, that was just part of the journey that night. So, uh, just like I said, from the top down, you know, we brought extra, you know, 
therapist, massage therapist on the road. Um, you know, the guys were able to try to get out and get to hot tubs and saunas and spend time. And it was just that fine line between preparation and rest. And then when the ball was kicked off, it's about performing and, and executing your job. So, um, th- yes, it was a playoff feel. Uh, it wasn't approached necessarily like a playoff game, but you don't sometimes, Luke, you know, you can feel it. There, yeah. Nothing needs to be said. And I think the players approached it like that. There wasn't a stand up in front and harp on just how meaningful, like they knew, they knew that this was, this is can catapult us to maybe be a springboard of sorts, or we can make it extremely difficult on ourselves. Yeah. You could even, you could feel it, uh, broadcasting. I mean, it just really, there was something, uh, something to it in the effort and maybe what sort of solidified that or, or even kind of started that feeling was the turnover on downs. Cats and Tonus comes up, it, like he could that play happened in in just that timing in the space where a free safety can come up and kind of put his hands on the guy and almost kind of in a sense almost let the touchdown in or it wouldn't even it wouldn't even have been as bad as that it would have just been well the guy made an effort to get in the end zone Stafford Katzentonis made that tackle like his family's life depended on him not scoring a touchdown yes and then you got your defense three short yardage stops in a row so you're you're gonna coach on the film today you know what what would the average watcher not know about those short yardage stops how hard it is or what it takes to to do something like that all the things that aren't the tangible thing so one hand is in the green which means isn't behind and they get a fresh new three downs do it again so it starts with discipline it starts with lining up correctly, and it's not just the physical stop. We've seen many physical stops, offside defense. We'll put it at the one first down offense, and it happens time and time again, and usually at least every other week or once a week. And so just the discipline to start, and then, you know, understanding just there's the thankless job of getting lower, there's people that are having, you know, 900 pounds laying on them. Mm-hmm. Panay Pavihi makes a huge play. Thurman makes a huge play. You know, you got DBs running around pulling on the waist, not the legs, which is a penalty. Mm. There's a lot of little things that go into more than, wow, what a what a great play by person X. And so I would say that those are the the little things that that go unnoticed, that never show up in the box score. Um, that contribute to, I mean, that was a game changing. That's a, <laughs> and then to, to watch the offense move it out from there on a right. second and 10 virtually, second and nine, where you're not having to give up to or contemplate or punt the ball to Dandridge, which every time you put it in his hands, you know, you're holding your breath also, right? Everybody has a returner in this league right now that you punt it back there, you better cover it. That, those are great signs from a football team right there. That that stand there, they don't happen all the time. And the timing of it, the timing of it was impeccable. Oh, unbelievable. It was right at the end of the third first quarter, uh, literally the last plays there. 
strangely or interestingly or eerily, it was on the it was the, it was the exact same spot of turf where Bolivar Mitchell was injured uh, a few weeks back. It was just very strange. Like two season changing moments on the exact same pot, part of green and and hash and hash mark of Ottawa's field. Field flips. And you're right. The offense puts together something. I think it was like a 45-yard drive and is able to flip the field after a punt, which is uh, very, very difficult. To, when you're backed up, when the goalpost is in your huddle and when the quarterback is <laughs> it, when his, when his, when he's in the shotgun and like the goalpost is in his view, like, you know, right over his head, it's very, it's really a hard, it's really a hard thing to do. And we used to say, you just get one first down. You're not, you're not going, you're not going for points. You're not trying to, you're not trying to even flip the field. You got to get one first down and then take a breath and then you can realign your goals there. And they did that after just a, a, a season defining uh, uh, stop there by uh, by Mark Washington's defense. And the way you describe that, it's a little bit like alignment, assignment, technique and execution. I mean, he started with no hand in the green. Every single defensive player's hand is 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 correctly not, you know, not in the neutral zone and not lined up. Uh, to get to get a penalty, just just impressive. It was just amazing. And uh, again, I go back to Stavros Katzentonis' tackle there and the way that that play sort of sort of uh, was set up. But uh, yeah, you just you just got to be proud of your defense uh, for that first half and how they continued to play. Yeah, no, it's it, it can't be overstated, really. It uh, you know, and if you really look back to the BC game, we had that third down stop defensively that kind of set the tone for the game there that people might remember and so you know those things are you know they can be tone setters you know they don't make or break the game but when you look back at momentum swings and those type of things um you know there's a saying that says field position plus momentum equals points and you know we were able to gather you know, obviously some momentum there and then we regained the field position Yeah, and, you know, and the points were, were a result, uh, later on. Offensively, uh, Taylor Powell, I, I finished the broadcast kind of saying like now, now I'm very excited to see more Taylor Powell after, uh, after that game. Um, you know, we've seen uh pretty fairly decent, I would say ball security from Powell, even in, in his early starts there, and now in Ottawa, you see touchdowns come, and you see a wide receiver core who sort of blossoms and, and is and has some really spectacular catches along with Taylor Powell's development. Uh, where have you noticed his uh, the most growth from him as he as he's now uh, a couple games in? Just really, just the just the confidence. He's always confident, but it's you know it takes. There's different levels of it. Right. Just like there's different levels of commitment. You know, everybody can say they're committed, but there's different levels. Some people are early. Some people do what's asked. Some people do extra. You know, so there's different levels of commitment. There's different levels of confidence. And I think the confidence comes from learning your receivers, trusting your own line. It's not just confidence in that he can do the job. He's had that. That's that. You know, fortunately, I think he was born with that. You know, sure, we can add to it, but I think there's just a confidence in understanding the 12th player, um, how his football team works, understanding when it puts the defense in a bind, when it puts special teams in a bind, not consciously thinking about it, just understanding it, watching more CFL games, learning from other people, um, learning Scott. There's just a different level of confidence that he's showing um, that 
he didn't already just exude that was just he he showed up with that's cool the uh you also you come out of that game uh not only positive in the turnover ratio but uh one sack uh, allowed uh, against Ottawa is he part of that number decreasing as well yeah, and we had spoken to that earlier that, yeah. you know, not all sacks are, are the same. But, yeah, I mean, you, you've been in that room when we do the critical stats, Luke. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I apologize for viewers who won't understand, but there's things that we think have withstood the test of time that we view as critical stats, some of them being second down conversions, sacks, t- uh, you know, turnovers, um, explosions, uh, that sort of thing. And I don't know, maybe in 19 – Every category was green. And you could kind of hear the, it, it was a different feeling in the room mm-hmm. that had, that hadn't been there. No, and it was, um, you know, a really a credit to everybody. And, you know, of course, the, we had no penalties on special teams, zero for the second time this year, not mm-hmm. in the return game and none in, in, uh, you know, obviously in the coverage game. Yeah. And then obviously the four takeaways on defense, uh, that usually bodes well. When you're talking about consistency and 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 winning football games, yeah, uh, really impressive. And I we Taylor Powell was the player of the game for the Ticats Audio Network, and Bubba and Andy uh, and RJ and I had him after the game before your interview. <laughs> maybe this is uh, maybe this is breaking the the third wall of media or something like that. But you you when you interview guys, you know you kind of. <laughs> you get a sense for them you know some 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 people interview just so uh uh, uh non-authentically that it's you know you kind of it's just like so uh you know you can't really get a sense for who they are and some guys you get a real sort of like kind of like puffing their chest up kind of interviews and Taylor mm-hmm. Powell's interview after the game like you just mentioned I actually he struck me as authentically confident like not uh like he really was he really felt his own growth as a quarterback to me and he's not you can just tell he's not a natural uh uh you know rah rah guy or 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 very loud he just seemed very genuinely uh you know encouraged by the team and he was confident and, and it was kind of it was kind of uh, an interesting interview and i just liked the way that he sort of came off you know it just seems seemed like a guy who was uh seemed very uh, starting quarterbackish to me i guess his uh his interview after the game uh that leads sort of into the quarterback situation that you have here. Matt Schultz was a third string, uh, uh, or, you know, the third guy on the roster for Ottawa suited up. Um, what's going to happen going forward. If all of a sudden you have the reverse problem that you've been faced with all year and you have a lot of good quarterbacks. Yeah, no, it's, that's a fair question. And I, I would, I'll welcome that, yeah. um, that situation. And we'll, we'll take that each week as it, as it shows up. You know, in the in the meantime, it, it's full throttle ahead towards Winnipeg, and finding a way to have another point uh, over what they score, and that's really what the focus is. And and who leads us is is who leads us. Um, like I said, it'll it'll be ongoing, and you know when everybody's healthy at some point that uh, we know, yeah, obviously we'll have tough tough decisions to make, but that's a positive thing. That's not something we're not wanting or, oh, that can, you know, oh, there's no, that's a welcoming thing. And, you know, I, I liken it to the situation when I was 
coaching the DBs in Toronto when we had Caleros there and, and Ricky Ray and, uh, Trevor Harris and, you know, yeah, like, you know, I, I looked at the Calgary situation and for those that, that, uh, would remember, shoot, I think Dave Dickinson was a holder. Jeff Garcia was the starting quarterback and Henry Burris was the third stringer. Like bring on those situations yeah. any, any day. Yeah. It's like having too much money, I guess. <laughs> Just yeah. How do you out. do that? <laughs> uh, Coach, let's do a fan question. This one is from sure. Dom, a longtime Ticat fan. He says, uh, Hi, Coach. I recently heard an interview that mentioned the differences between having an offensive head coach and a defensive head coach. I thought this was very interesting and had never thought about this myself. Does your defensive background shape your team or change it in some way? And do you think an offensive head coach shapes their team differently? Thank you. Wow, that's an interesting question. Yeah, it's a good one, and Dom. It, it is a good one, Dom. Thank you. Um, yeah, I think I think it shapes your personality for sure, um, and and your mentality. I think you want your football team to resemble who you are. That's because that's it's just a natural thing that I think occurs. Um, yeah, I think the the trends have changed a little bit. There was. You know, it's always been, uh, always is a strong term, but oftentimes for the over the, you know, I'd say previous 10 years, it was a heavy, heavy offensive coordinator, you know, promotion type of thing. And I get it. You know, I, I understand it. You know, even if you, you know, you look at the other leagues, it's, it's kind of similar. And I think the trend's changing a little bit, you know, where you're seeing a little, your special teams coordinators, uh, get opportunities at least as interviews and those type of things, which is only natural to me because you're in front of the football team. Yeah. Uh, it is one coordinator. And then, you know, defensively, sometimes you've just been around and you, you know, great coordinators don't always make great head coaches, right? You have to be a leader of people and, um, it's just not everybody suited for it. And I've learned that it has nothing to, I've learned that just as a player. You know, there's, it's not that anybody's bad. It's just some people are better suited to be position coaches and not coordinators. Everybody has a role to play. So, um, I think, Dom, that, um, I think it naturally takes on your personality. And if not, then that's okay also. Uh, I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole, but it, it's, it is an interesting and intriguing question because yeah. let's say that, um, you know, you've got a, a coordinator that's very smart and, you know, efficient and very organized, but he wants a hard physical team. Well, he can still have that as long as you hire a staff around you that's hard nosed, no nonsense, etc. And then you hire your therapist that to do the same thing. And so you can build your team, even though it's not your personality. So it's really a to each their own. I think the biggest thing is to have a clear vision Surround yourself with the people that you want to execute it. Get the people off board that, you know, maybe aren't helping you achieve that and find more of the ones that are. So it's kind of a circle the wagon and a straddle the fence answer, but I don't think it's a cookie cutter one because, and then there are some that just embody the whole thing. I can think of like a Jerry Glanville. I could only imagine what, you know, he's going to be the alpha and he's going to do everything. Mm -hmm. And there's the, there's that too. So I just think it's different with everybody, Dom. That's a great question. Yeah, really cool. I think from a player's perspective, you know, I generally 
the practice uh like routine or like the, the the how the practices function on the field is sort of a sort of comes from the head coach but i think you've coach you you kind of have you've re, you've relinquished some of that to your coordinators too right like you, you their input as to how they want practice is somewhat uh part of that part of that as well yeah, I, I believe in a transformational environment. Ultimately, I'll make the final decision. But I mean, you probably sensed it a little bit, Luke. Like, you know, we were doing yells and if you're walking, you're wrong. And right. that's kind of a defensive perspective. Like it that's is, yeah. not something that, that offense, but I think it's infectious. It permeates. It's easy. It's authentic. And pretty soon everybody's moving where that's not really an offensive thing and that's not good or bad. It's just a general observation over 20 years that it's it's more about execution, timing, space, you know, lining up splits, technique, technique, technique versus now we're going to have a little bit of fun here, too. Everybody's yeah. in on it. Give me a give me a floor call. <laughs> that's more that's like this team took on that identity of. I'm not even going to call it defense. I would say your head coach when when you were when you were playing uh, for or with me. Yeah, no, absolutely, you're right. That that in 2019. Uh, yeah, that was my first year with you, a defensive head coach, because it, it was yeah. Kent and then June. Yeah, and it was and it is different. It is like a little bit more high pace. There was sort of a defensive flavor to our practices, and when June and and June was there. It was like sort of decentralized, 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 decentralized. I think the, the the practice schedule, like he would, we had like six plays with June's offense that could be run yeah. like 20 different ways. So right. you'd think that'd be a short practice. Like, no, we ran like a hundred <laughs> offensive plays every practice. For, for, you know, it's like kind of, uh, you know, different, but it was, it was, you know, sort of offense doing their thing and thinking through things and defense. I don't know where they were. They were doing their thing for sure. <laughs> but for you, then 2009, it was a team, like it was the team energy on the field, everyone together. It's, it is interesting. It's a good question. And, it, and there is certainly some differences, offensive and defenses. So yeah, good mm -hmm. question. That's from Dom. Uh, thank you very much. That's uh, again, you send your questions to game day at tycats.ca and we'll uh, pick one each week to ask coach. The Coach O Show with Luke Tasker is presented by Turkster Lumber. Check out the project coaches at Turkster Lumber. They can help with every part of your home reno from designing a deck to ordering a new front door. Learn more at TurksterLumber.com. Coach, on to the next one. Uh, after these great yeah. storylines as they progress, uh, the BC was amazing. Heartbreaker, then gr amazing in Ottawa. What, what a win and throwing touchdowns. And now you got another one. Winnipeg at Tim Hortons Field. How do you keep all the energy and success sort of, how do you stay on that train uh, 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 coming home from Ottawa? Preparation. Yeah, it's on to the next. It's uh, figure out who's healthy, who we're going to go to battle with, uh, what what are going to be the decisions day three, you know, stuff that people don't realize, you know, it's, um, and then once your roster's formulated for that week, um you put to, you put forth your best foot and and you go to work and you be excited about it. You embrace this opportunity. They are a good football team, and you can tell that on tape in all three phases. Um, this is going to be uh, a great challenge, and I just uh, I'm just looking forward to it. Like this is this is why you play. You know, you want to see where you're at. You play the best. Absolutely. What an exciting day that'll be. Saturday the 16th at 4 p.m. kickoff, Tim Hortons Field. Ticats Audio Network coverage will start an hour before with Bubba and Andy, and RJ and myself will have the call at kickoff. Coach, very excited for it, man. 
best of luck with the week of prep, and we'll see you Saturday. Awesome. Thanks, Luke. Another episode of the Coach O Show with Luke Tasker is in the books. Let us know your thoughts. Email us at gamedayatiecats.ca. Coach O and Luke are back next week to discuss the latest from the locker room. Subscribe to the Tiecats Audio Network on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.